Good vibes gone. Eugenio Suarez is heading to the Diamondbacks in an odd deal that looks a lot like a precursor to something bigger. At least that's the hope or cope. Let's talk about what this means here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023. This is Hiding Gonzalez and Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's L-O-C-K-D-O-N to get yourself started. Thank you so much for making us your first listen after the Eugenio Suarez trade. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description of this episode. So, breaking news, the Mariners have traded Eugenio Suarez to the Arizona Diamondbacks for catcher Sebi Zavala and right-handed reliever Carlos Vargas. The deal has been officially announced by Seattle. And uh, two things before I kick it to you, Colby. Um, This, to me, feels like a precursor to something bigger and a bit more positive for the Mariners. At least that's what I'm hoping here. Uh, But two, it it reeks of a salary dump. And, you know, we've talked about this possibility of Suarez getting dealt. And I've said in the past that I feel like trading Suarez would be maybe a bit of an overcorrection uh, to the team's strikeout issues this past year and that it creates a a major headache within this particular market to go out and address third base or second base, uh, you know, to, for a replacement for Suarez. Uh, So not a huge fan of the deal from those perspectives, but I think the, uh, the picture is far from complete as well. So I'll get into that a little bit more, but uh, give us your thoughts on the deal. Yeah. A bit of a surprise, uh, especially the way the deal kind of, um, was presented at first it was just the Mariners have acquired Sebi Zavala and then a couple yeah. minutes later it's like oh he's part of a bigger deal and then there was a few minutes of speculation and then oh Chino's in the trade and then we learn what the other piece is and we're like is that is that it like is there more nope that's it and so uh yeah kind of a, an interesting uh pretty unusual trade uh for the Mariners to get leaked like that in small pieces I think the last time we saw uh, that was was the Austin Nola trade, where it's kind of like one piece at a time got got figured out. Um, so yeah, that certainly added to a lot of the the angst, I'm sure, uh, of people who were uh, closely monitoring that and and dreaming for a couple minutes on what could have been. Uh, but yeah, overall, look, it, it's on paper, it's it's not a it's not a fun deal. You, you lost Gino Suarez, who you know, despite having a, a pretty bad year uh, offensively. Um, you know, fan favorite and, and obviously did a lot uh, with the glove this last year, played in every single game. Uh, but there were some concerning signs. And what we should consider is that the Mariners thought that Gino was cooked or he was he was close to cooked. And, and so they wanted to get out from under the contract while they could. 
Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, you, you hope this is a precursor to something bigger. There's no guarantee it is. Um, it also, you know, makes the Luis Urias trade make a little bit more sense if you uh, if you were still unsure about why they made that move. I'm um, sure we'll, we'll talk about that later as well. But yeah, you look at the deal. What did the Mariners get? What did they give up? They gave up, you know, three win third baseman who had a career year defensively, but really struggled at the plate uh, relative to what he had done the year before. It's a guy who for the last five years, he's been pretty mediocre at the plate. Um, and aside from this year, pretty mediocre in the field. So, uh, it's a little bit of a, you know, catch 22 there with, with Gino, who could be a declining player, or he could just be a player who got a little bit unlucky last year. Both seem equally likely. Um, when you look at what the Mariners got, they got, you know, Sebi Zavala, uh, who I'm going to call Sebi Zevi, uh, just because I, I have to find a way to like him. Uh, he, uh, he did not have a good year this year offensively. He is, however, a fantastic defensive catcher uh, by just about all metrics. And he did have a pretty good year at the plate in 2022, albeit in a small sample size. Uh, and it's the only year he's been really good at the plate in his entire career. He's bounced back and forth. He has no options left. Uh, the press release today made it sound like he is going to be the backup catcher with Cal. Uh, and so that would, in theory, close the door on Tom Murphy. We'll have to wait and see about that. Uh, but yeah, no options left. So he's got to make the big league club or, or he's going to get claimed on waivers. He's a valuable backup catcher. Those guys typically don't clear. Um, and then you look at the, the arm they got back pretty classic, you know, Jerry DePoto Mariner front office, uh, trade, uh, you know, trade candidate, uh, 99 to one Oh one, uh, with the fastball and mm -hmm. a slider that baseball America is graded as 70 grade. Um, I think Fangraphs has it at 55, 60 in that range. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot of, a lot of plus there's plus stuff here, but ooh, dude walks a lot, a lot of players. Uh, he's a young guy who has already had a Tommy John surgery protected as like an 18, 19 year old, um, in the rule five draft, which is weird. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he just hasn't really found his footing yet, but there is tremendous stuff there. There's you know, potentially a high leverage arm there, but there's a lot of, of wishing on, on an arm like that. So you get a backup catcher, you get a guy that you, you, you're going to give to your, your development staff and hopefully help him uh, reach his ceiling, which could be again, a, you know, a 11, 12 strikeout per nine guy with, you know, four walks per nine, something like that. And, and mm -hmm. give you a, a, you know, a potential high leverage option in the pen, but yeah, those are it's a lot of ifs and and hope and you know we'll see uh, for a guy who uh, Mariner fans absolutely adore and that's why this trade is was never going to be perceived well and uh, yeah this is a ball club that's going to do what they have to do they they shave about ten million bucks um, off of the payroll and again mm -hmm. we'll talk about that I'm sure a little bit later because I do have a point I want to make about that but uh, yeah overall on the surface pretty uh, questionable deal if you only look at it in a vacuum. Yeah, I don't like the deal as it stands, but again, I, I, I feel like we're kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop, but make no mistake, you you traded a, a three-win third baseman who, yes, is, is showing signs of decline, but I still feel has a good foundation to build off of for a nice bounce-back season in 2024. We talked about that, what, on Monday. Uh, for a 30-year-old catcher, backup catcher, who has 60 games of being good offensively, obviously a good defender, but you can find good defensive backup catchers that have no offense 
relatively easy. A potentially glorified Gerson Bautista, Tiago Vieira, you know, like that's what Vargas more likely than not could be. Uh, but you know, there's obviously the chance that, that they can fix them as well, uh, and get them on the right track, but it's not anything to get excited about here. Like that, that's the point here is that it's just really nothing to get excited about. I totally understand uh, the fan reaction to this. Uh, and again, I, I think it creates a, a massive headache for this team. I think that they put themselves in a really big predicament here because this is not the market to go out and find a replacement at third base or second base third base options are very very limited and i'm just concerned about what they feel is the answer at third base if they actually are going to put a significant amount of eggs in the basket of luis urias being uh an everyday player again which we've talked about i think the the likelihood of that is is fairly high and i think there are uh, some really, you know, strong. Uh, there's some really strong evidence that suggests that his 2023 was was a fluke, and that he uh, should have an opportunity here to be a lot better than he was in 2023. But if that's the answer, and second, and your second base answer is Josh Rojas, I don't feel great about that. But again, it's November 22nd. They have a lot of time to do stuff. It's just that this market is not particularly great for finding those solutions. So I'm really interested to see uh, what their plan is here. Um, this trade, to me, would suggest that if there is something bigger uh, to happen at third or, or second base this offseason, that they feel pretty confident that they're going to be able to make that happen. Um, just really curious to see what that is. But right now, as the deal currently stands, not a fan of it, uh, but really, really intrigued to see why they felt it was so important to eliminate both the strikeouts from Gino and also uh, the money uh, from their books, uh, because that's really what this deal ultimately screams to me. Vargas, kind of interesting arm. Zavala, you know, good defensive catcher, but he's 30 years old, doesn't hit. That feels like a return that you get in a salary dump trade. That feels very you know, Mark Trumbo for Steve Clevenger, right? It feels very much of that, that same vein. So, uh, yeah, why was it important for them to make this deal? That's really what I'm curious to see. And so um, hopefully we find that out sooner rather than later. Uh, we're going to get into more of the deal in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Lockdown Mariners podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. And yeah, the Mariners might not be playing right now, but the Kraken and Seahawks are. So whether the action is on turf or on the ice, you can bet on it all with FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and kick off the NFL season. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen after the Eugenio Suarez trade. And as a reminder, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel part of the locked on podcast network your team every day so we are talking about the eugenio suarez trade with the arizona diamondbacks and uh yeah my my general feelings on it is like yes gino is coming off of a of a down year he did not uh produce in the way that you need a third baseman to produce particularly with the uh the power output um obviously had a great defensive season but that only holds so much value uh, especially when this team needs more offense, desperately needs more offensive production. Um, obviously had the the big strikeout woes as well. Um, but again, given this market, it, it, you are creating a, a pretty big headache for yourself in terms of finding a replacement for Suarez or if the idea is to platoon Rojas and Urias at third, then you're putting pressure on yourself to go and find yourself a second baseman. And I just feel like it, like before this trade was made, when we, when we talked about the possibility of this Colby, I felt that it just made more sense to not even go through the hassle of trying to, to accomplish this and just bank on Gino turning it around for the $11 million. Cause even after the year that he's coming off of $11 million is fine for Gino. That's a fine number for him. Yeah. Um, and he was still a three-win player last year. I know most of that is defense, but still, I think that's a more than fine number to to bank on him, uh, bouncing back. Um, and I just feel like that was a much safer bet for them than whatever their actual plan is here. Um, but again, we'll we'll see. You know, maybe there's something that they they have cooking up here that we don't even expect. You know, we've there's been some rumors flying around about the Cubs sniffing around on Bo Bichette as a potential third base option. Maybe the Mariners are also interested in that possibility. Um, you know, or maybe they're interested in, in Bichette as a shortstop and maybe move JP to second. Maybe that's the plan here. Maybe there's something like absolutely insane that they're working on that that could be in the works here. But uh until I see that, I just I don't feel great about this deal. Uh and you know, with regards to again, you know, we, we just talked about it, that this does look a lot like a salary dump. If they are trying to dump salary. Uh, with this deal, what are they hopefully saving that for? What do you What do you think that could be for, Colby? Yeah, that's uh, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, if if you're going to tell me like, oh well, you know, we we want to move that money around uh, differently, and we want to spend it on a different player or whatnot, then fine. But you have to pretty much make it like abundantly clear that this is what you spent that money on. Remember when they, they dumped Trevor God and, and they saved some money there and they, they dumped uh, Chris Flexen um, and saved some money there. And, and it was like, Oh cool. There's, they're going to spend some of that. And they didn't like, there's no evidence to suggest whatsoever that they've spent any of that yet. Maybe that's part of what this is. Maybe not. But so that's the thing. If, if, if you're a like, Oh, well this is, this is good because they're going to spend that money. You sure? I mean, how, and how would we ever know? 
because hypothetically, what if let's even if they sign Otani, how do you know that that fifteen million dollars they saved, uh, you know, is is made the difference? It probably didn't. So we'll see. You know, it, it's going to be very difficult to to know uh, what they spent saving the savings of Gino on if they spend it at all, and it's going to be difficult to know if they spent it because we don't know what their books are, we don't know what their payroll is, we don't know what what restrictions Jerry and Justin have on them. Um, only, you know, they know that and, and they're never going to say anything. And certainly John Stan's not going to say anything. Um, he saves all his talking for when other people are being honored. But uh, yeah, it, it's, I don't know. I, I don't know what, um, what the move next move is or what the move that makes this make more sense is because it's November 22nd. That's why I don't know. Like, three significant free agents have come off the board so far. Uh, two of them, like you probably had no interest in anyways. Like it, it's still pretty early in the market. Not a lot of money has been spent. So I don't know what they're, what the the plan is here. I don't know, um, you know, how they're going to spend that money uh, or if, even if they are. So uh, it's to me, this, this deal is, is if you're going to, you know, try and, work it as like they have to have something bigger down the pipe maybe but it doesn't necessarily be mean that they traded gino for the money to get it done because what if they acquire i don't like nico horner or something like that right to to play second base and, and all of a sudden that makes sense but horner is making four million bucks did they need to trade gino's 11 million to afford him no they didn't so right uh the money is always is always tricky it's always sticky because we have no idea we can't quantify Oh, that's that's the money they saved on Gino. They put it towards that deal. We don't know because they're never going to tell us. And anything else is just guessing. So uh, when you when you're talking about the money of this deal, like, cool, we saved some money. That's great if you spend it. Because right. if you don't spend it, nobody cares that you save money because it's not. It, you're not giving that money to us, right? Right. Oh, we saved ten million dollars, so now all Mariner tickets are ten dollars for the month of June and July. Even that, I'd, I'd be like, I'd, I'll pay full price, go get you know a, a free agent. But, um, mm. you know, what I mean, like we're never gonna know like what they're gonna right. spend that money on, or if they're gonna spend it, or if that's just gonna go in Stanton's back pocket. So, it's really difficult yeah. for me to try and quantify like how valuable it is to have that ten, twelve million dollars off your books that you would yeah. otherwise have to pay. Yeah, it, just for me again, when we've speculated about a Gino trade. And when we were talking more within the context of like a Toronto deal, I, I just, the only way that I was able to imagine a, a Gino trade was if they were getting something that just absolutely wowed them, that made the headache of going through all of this worth it. And I just don't think that the, this return is reflective of that. So I'm just, I'm really puzzled by the deal. I'm really puzzled by what the deal means of anything, right. Uh, with regards to what, else they have cooking up right now but if they had traded gino for for luis urias i said urias it's urias you you got me saying urias but it, it's urias but if they had traded him for for urias i would have liked that return more than zavala and vargas <laughs> you know like that's not to say that i'm like doing backflips so, over the return but i would like that better <laughs> right but, but if you look at it as a whole right right then essentially if you traded gino and campbell for Urias, you, I mean, really, you traded Gino Campbell and Tatum Levens for Urias, Blake Hunt, uh, Sebi Zevi, and 
Right. I can't even remember the pitcher's the, name. The, the, uh, the Carlos Vargas. The, the the point though is like what you got back for Isaiah Campbell, who's a significantly less valuable player than than Eugenio Suarez. I like that return more than the return you got for the three one third baseman. That's all. According I'm saying. to you, according to you, he's according less valuable. Do you think the Mariners just took the first offer they got for Gino? No, because we, we know not, we know not that you. we know not you. We, yeah, but we know that they've talked to Toronto. We know that they had talked to to Tampa about him, uh, and then obviously, you know, Arizona is the the team that ends up making the deal, and maybe there were other teams that were in on him as well. Um, Again, right? I think it I think it helps always to start from a very fundamental and yet easy to answer question: Is Jerry Depoto an idiot? The answer is no. Like, I know people out there will say yes in the comments. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are going to say yes. But you're wrong. You're objectively wrong. Jerry Depoto isn't stupid. Has he made some bad moves? Yes. Every GM in baseball has made bad moves. Okay. Has he also, you know, completed a rebuild in like two and a half, three years, gone from the worst farm system to the best to the worst of the best again? Yeah, he has. Has he built, you know, a high floor team? Yeah, he has. You know, is he get credit for signing Julio, for drafting Cal, for drafting Logan, for drafting Kirby, for, you know, trading for Castillo? Does he get credit for all that? Yeah, he does. Not saying he's a great GM. I think he's pretty good. He's not even a GM anymore, but you get what I'm saying. I think he's pretty good. Yeah, right. I don't know if he's great. I think he's pretty good. And I know he's not stupid. So what I don't think is what happened, which seems to be what a lot of people are assuming is that. Jerry got a deal like the Diamondbacks like, hey, here's our first offer. And Jerry was just like, yes, I need to save the money. Yes, that's not what happened, guys. That's not what happened. So Gino's only worth what the market is actually willing to pay. And we'll never know what it was willing to pay. We know what the Diamondbacks were willing to pay. Sure. But we don't know. This could have been the best deal they could get. Well, but the key the key to that is why did the, the Mariners feel that Gino was worth that? Right. Or getting rid of Gino was was worth that. Again, maybe they think he's on the decline. He really struggled against velocity this year. Yeah. Maybe they think his bats slowed down and they think it's going to continue. Maybe they're just wrong. And Gino goes out and he hits 35 home runs next year. Totally possible. That's it's also possible. What my he, concern is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it's also possible he takes another step back and he's a 90 WRC plus guy or an 85 WRC plus guy. And the defense reverts back to what it's been his entire career, which is average, not elite. Those are also possible. He's 31, 32 years old. Hmm. So I think it's more like I'd say this. I think it's more likely that Gino's offense of 2023 is like a real sign of regression. I think that is more likely than it is that Luis Urias is just a bad player now because of his 2023. Right. And so like I said, I'm not saying that, you know, Urias is, you should expect Urias to give you the same value as Gino did. I'm not saying that. Should you expect more than the value he gave his two teams in 2023? Yes. Is it possible that instead of being a two and a half one player, he jumps up and he's a three, one player this year because he's 26 years old and he was yeah. trending in the right direction before the, you know, this disaster of a year. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. is as likely, if not more likely, uh, than Gino just magically becoming his 2022 self again. Cause he's I, I 31 just, years old. So yeah, I, we'll I would just argue that, that banking on that with the information that you currently have is a bit poor process. And I feel, and I'm concerned that they 
for that they have foregone the safest bet they could feasibly take at third base this offseason to put a ton of eggs in the basket of a of a very exciting young player who again I, I feel like there is a lot of evidence that suggests that 2023 was a fluke for Luis Urias and that he's more than capable of being an everyday player in 2024. But yep. it if that's like your only and again, it's November 22nd. I'm just I'm very concerned that they think that's that's the answer. I'm just concerned that that that's what they think the answer is. Well, I know. I know. No, it's like I said, they have to do more and they're going to do yeah. more. I'm I'm not I'm not I don't think this is it, right? I I'm not saying that they're going to go out and sign Otani now or or even like Corey Soler now. Like I'm not putting names to it, but like obviously they're going to do more. And yeah. again, the, the remember the goal is to be is to get net better. Right. So if you take a win back from like, let's say that you think Gino's three win player, let's say you think Urias is a two win player. So you take mm-hmm. away a win there. If you go and add three wins elsewhere, then you still right. got better. Um, and that's the thing is that right. The the whole point is that the roster be better than right. it was last year. And, and, and look, you could still do that. And look, if uh, there is a path here where Rojas is the second baseman and Urias is the third baseman on opening day, but they went out and they added, you know, Otani or they added Cody Bellinger. Or they went out and they traded for Randy Rosarena mm-hmm. and they got, you know, Shota Imanaga and they got a couple of other nice pieces. And overall, the roster is is better than it was at the end of 2023. There definitely is a path there. Again, it's just like the picture is very incomplete. So and it's November 22nd, and I think this is a deal, at least my hope is that this is a deal that just feels a lot worse right now because of the timing of it, because of the order in which the deal happened. Uh, so, right. yeah. And we but, talk about this all the time. Like, teams don't, they, they have their checklist, right? And they say, okay, this yeah. is our most important priority. It doesn't mean that that's what they're going to do first, and they'll do everything else after that, because that's not how it works. When you have, when you can check something off your list, you just do it. Check. Right. right. So, right. yeah. And by the way, I think you can make a really strong argument that Urias and Rojas, third base, second base, and I mean, it's pretty much a fact, <laughs> is going to give you more value next year than Gino and Wong and what the plan was at this time last year at those two spots. So maybe you downgrade a little bit at first, at uh, third base, but you upgrade more at second base going from Wong to Rojas. And it's a, and it's a wash, right? So it's it's tough because you're you're basically you have to judge a a piece of art on three brush strokes. Like you know what it's supposed to look like, but the artist has only gone, you know, the artist is only a quarter of the way through, and right. they're like, okay, now judge it now, and you're like, uh, I mean, I can't. Sure. I have to wait till he's done. So we'll see. But like, yeah, I, I get the frustration totally. But yeah, yeah, I just think that you have to look at the bigger picture here. And, and it's it's very shocking. It, it is very shocking. Like when you first see it, um, but it was also something that I, I kind of called like when I when Nightingale said there was a bigger deal here. I was like, well, you know, makes sense. And I don't know if the Diamondbacks are super comfortable running with Lawler and Perdomo on the left side. Sure. So I kind of expected that it was just the return is is shocking because again i i just expected that if they were going to trade gino it was going to be like for a, it was going to be for swap. a lot it was going to be for a lot more you know it was going to be for a lot more value because of how limited the third base options are because it's not just the mariners who have to 
face that, right? It's every team that's trying to get better at third base, like the Blue Jays and like the the Diamondbacks. So I felt like because of that, that there was going to be a premium on Gino, and the steal obviously is not reflective of that whatsoever. Steel would pretty clearly indicate that the league looked at Gino and was like, eh. Yeah. Because again, the Mariners aren't taking less just to trade him to Arizona, right? Uh, yeah. Now, again, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Maybe a team offered them something that we would perceive as more for Gino, right? But the Mariners don't, right? And so right. that's something we always have to keep in mind with every trade is that maybe the Mariners really think that Carlos Vargas, they can fix. Like they, they've identified the issue and they know what it is and they can fix him. They know they can, at least in their head. They know they can. Right, right, right. And if it works, like, I mean, you mentioned Vieira and, and Caminero and, and some other shots they took. They also took yeah. a shot like this on somebody named Andres Munoz. And right. that worked. So they took a shot on somebody like this named Austin Adams and that worked. So they do have some track record here. And if Vargas is a mid leverage reliever this year, like a reliable one, he just kind of replaces Campbell and he is a high mm -hmm. leverage guy in the next year or two. Then the deal looks great on paper. Right. Right now it kind of sucks. Yeah. Because we're, we're waiting for the other shoe to drop and we kind of will never know what this trade led to to the Mariners doing in yeah. response. Because even if they do go out and they sign a, a Cody Bellinger, like again, just dreaming big here, like if they do do that, we don't know if that's necessarily like if the Gino deal helped that. Like we don't know. But because because you know what Jerry's not going to do? He's not going to be, he's not going to go out there on, at the press conference and be like, told you that $12 yeah. million we saved put us over the top with Cody, didn't it, Cody? Tell him. Because he's no, yeah, yeah, no, because yeah, yeah. no GM in baseball yeah. does that. No GM should do yeah. that in baseball. Yeah. So, so. We'll never know. It's, we'll we'll, we'll okay. never know. But uh, yeah, just kind of hoping whatever is next, whatever led them to make this deal is worth it. Right. I, I think that's all we really can do as, as fans of the team sure. is just kind of hope that this is going to lead somewhere positive. Sure. So are, are we about to wrap or are we at the yeah. end here? Yeah. Okay. You know, I think I think tomorrow we'll talk more about Zavala and the Tom Murphy situation because um, I think that's interesting. And I, and I think uh there there is an argument to be made that the mariners actually got better at backup catcher uh mostly because of the defense because murphy has been a poor defender especially as of late in terms of like controlling the run game zavala has been a lot better in that regard so we'll, we'll talk more about that tomorrow i think um and we'll see what else uh but is there anything you wanted to add before we get out got out of here sure i, I think it's interesting it's something that's been happening uh the last few years and it's I, I don't think it's a plan thing. It's just kind of the way that, you know, this is gone. You you listen to like who are the big leaders in that Mariners clubhouse, right? For years mm -hmm. it was Mitch Hanniger. Well, it's Kyle Seeger. He left. Mm -hmm. He retired. Mitch Hanniger takes over. He leaves. You know, and then last year it's it's Paul Seawald. You know, it's it, you know, and then it's and then it's Tom Murphy and it's Gino Suarez and Yeah. They're all out. So there, yeah. if there is a leadership void, I don't, again, I don't think the Mariners are out here going like, oh, well, we don't like these guys. So we're just going to get rid of them and have the clubhouse build their own. But sometimes there is a, a shakeup that happens in the leadership structure of your clubhouse when a team wants a player to kind of take that role and take that mantle. Um, and they want guys to step up and, and, you know, like we heard how important Robbie Ray was uh, to, to the pitching staff, uh, in 2022 as, as just kind of that guy. And he wasn't around yeah. last year. So 
Uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll, maybe we could talk talk more about that tomorrow. What do the Mariners do with their leadership structure amongst players? Um, maybe we talk more about that tomorrow. But I do think it's interesting that Seattle has lost a lot of their clubhouse guys, quote yeah. unquote, over the last yeah. you know two years. Yeah, Teo's another like vibes guy. I don't know if he was necessarily a leader, sure. but he's a you know a, a vibes guy at least from the outside looking in. Now you lose mm-hmm. Gino. Like they've they've lost a, a lot of personality right. in the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see you know how they fill that void. And and again, we'll we'll probably explore that a bit more tomorrow. So, uh, but yeah, it's just um, it's a bit of a shock to the system, you know, because uh, it it's. I didn't expect a ton of turnover uh, with the roster, with the lineup in particular. Uh, you know, obviously they needed to get better this offseason, but I, you know, just looking at what the circumstance was, I didn't think that Gina was going to end up getting traded for all the reasons that we've talked about over the last few weeks. So to now see that, it's like, oh, there's going to be significant changes on this roster. Like th- this team is yep. going to look a lot different come opening day. So, I think that's good. Um, you know, he's not watching, but I want to thank Eugenio Suarez for a really fun two years in Seattle. Uh, one of my favorite Mariners uh, as of late. Uh, just an absolutely awesome dude. Love Gino to death. Wish him nothing but the best in Arizona. And I love the fact that he is reunited with Paul Seawall. That's really, really cool. So uh, Diamondbacks fans, if you're watching, you got a great one. And, and Gino, at least from a personality perspective, and we'll see if he's you got a great personality. Yeah, Maybe yeah. a great player, but definitely yeah. a great personality. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace.